fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy You're Hoosier. darn right, it's the Voice of Reason. Welcome into the program. It is a post-Monday celebration, your favorite day of the entire week. Yeah, you got over hump day, or no, hump day, the first day of the week. It's the hardest, trying to get back into the groove of things. I get it. Don't worry. Today, a day of excellence, a day of opportunity, a day to carpe diem all over this place. <laughs> I haven't said that one in a while. Welcome back into the show. It is The Voice Series, and I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV. Plus, we have our live stream and our podcasting going on as well. Whether you're watching or listening, welcome aboard your Millennial General. Reporting for duty like we do every single day. We are at a major crossroads here in this country right now are we not have you noticed that there's such a weird divide obviously we've been talking about it for i don't know a year or so not just us but numerous people have been talking about this divide that we're seeing in the nation we have such a divide in the country today that i don't know how we get back now i believe unlike some with the political philosophy minds where it's just a linear line and right's on the right the left's on the left and then we have the spectrum that we the pendulum swing i tend to more believe that we're in a circular pattern the vicious cycle that continues to repeat over and over and over again. I have a book half written, and I've never written a book before. I've always wanted to write a book, but I have a book half written. I have literally the the entire layout all laid out. I have my graphs built up. I have half of the commentary done. I have the bullet points all written. I just need to sit and write it. But I have a book on political philosophy-ish, kind of, because I'm a dork that way. And it's more of a circular pattern where we have at the... Anywhere from 10 to 2 o'clock up there is the undesirable, either too much government, too little government, and then the spectrum as you go across, you know, from there. Uh, in the 3 o'clock, obviously being like libertarians, conservatives, moving to the central, uh, middle-of-the-road moderates at the 6 o'clock, which still I don't know quite what that means to be a moderate, which we could discuss at another later time as well. And then the government grows as you further go along the clock until you get to that point where we're at such a large government, it's unsustainable and it collapses. Now it's up to, obviously, everybody's individual personal thoughts and beliefs on where we're at on that spectrum right now and how much more we can take as a major large government. But right now, as we speak, and I really think that COVID-19 brought this along with us as well, that we're at a crossroads. We're at the fork in the road right now. And we are so divided and not on the same page with so many individuals that literally half the nation is going left and half the nation is going right in this fork in the road. Here's what I mean. And what do we do about it? That's up to you to decide and how we actually start waking people up. But I think people are waking up. I believe that COVID, in me being the eternal optimist, me always looking to the bright side and the sunny side of things, I truly believe that COVID itself is the issue that woke up a mass amount of people and that progressives and conservatives can begin to unite and that there's the wishy-washy middle-of-the-road people that just don't quite grasp it and, of course, the left-wing radical progressives that are just loony and off the bin that try to brainwash a lot of people, and it <laughs> it works really well as well. But here's what I mean. There's a headline from Newsmax from uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. We've had her on the program before. 
uh, coming out of Colorado. She's a wild, crazy, radical right-wing conservative, and I love her to death. And she's awesome. She's come out there. Uh, first, she really ran on the Second Amendment issue. She's in D.C., and she's been calling out the left on a lot of their shenanigans. She had a bit of a tiff with Ilhan Omar a few months ago, and it worked out great because she called out Ilhan Omar for exactly what she is, a bigoted, racist, uh, a, a, a Jew hater that, and again, I don't care about her religion, but she despises the Jewish community. She's had a lot of hate speech that has referenced that as well. And then when you try to create a hate speech bill saying you're not allowed to say those things, it gets turned around and saying, well, there's a lot of Islamophobia going on. So therefore, it's a hate speech bill against Islam. And it was a really weird bill. And it's a really weird way to kind of twist it. But she was able to get away with it. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and Ilhan Omar have gotten it, gotten into it back and forth. She's gotten into it with a lot of individuals. Her latest headline that is a very triggering thing for many Democrats is, quote, we have a socialist government running our nation. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with saying that, but it's made the headlines and the Democrats are losing their minds. No, we don't have socialism or I wish we really had socialism. Why can't we just have that? That would be awesome. And they're losing their minds over this comment. There's a fork in the road because right now people are beginning to decide how they want to live their life. And this goes beyond politics. Yeah, we talk about political issues on this show, but it's also about life lessons. It's also about ways that, right, how politics influences our daily life, how you working every day, trying to go home right now, trying to just put food on the table, spend time with the family and do your thing just to survive another day, how politics interferes with that. Because I'm assuming that the majority of people that listen to this program and other programs as well, obviously we're not the only one, we're a very small one compared to other talk shows, but we're growing. I'm very proud of that. But people that listen to talk radio, people that think outside of the box, people that listen to things other than just mainstream talking points on TV and the mainstream media, probably, I'm just throwing this out as a possibility and as an opportunity here, I'm assuming that you probably like to live your life freely. And you want the government to get the hell out of your life, and you just want to do your thing. And me being the eternal optimist with COVID-19, that this has awakened individuals to take matters into their own hands. No, I'm not talking about arming up and fighting the government. I'm talking about doing things in the matter of I don't care what the policies are. I don't care what the CDC says. I don't care what the recommendations are. I'm going to do what's best for me. And you've taken matter into your own hands. I know for me, personally, I've gotten to a point where I want to be completely independent completely independent. I want debts to be paid off so I'm not held hostage to the government trying to hold things over my head. I don't have a mortgage on my house. I don't have a car payment. I don't have credit card debt. We don't have very much medical debt. We're paying that off. I'm trying to pay off my student loan debt because I want to be completely debt. No one's going to hold anything over my head. If I want to make $20,000 a year being a bum, then by golly, I can do it and I can live that way because I don't have any debts. Not that I want to do that, but if I had to, I could, I could potentially do that. <laughs> because I would have the freedom to do so. I don't want to be tied to the well-being of a business for my well-being. That's why we started a side project, to have uh, residual income coming in on the side with the Hoosier Media Network, because that's the goal. Eventually, years down the road, you know, obviously it takes a long time for businesses to grow. Years down the road, you know, it can be self-sufficient. I can do things on my own. I don't have to be capped at a paycheck or a salary. I don't have to be held to the whims of how a business does or does not do. And it's nothing personal. It's just 
I want to be independent. I don't want to have a car payment. I don't want to be tied to technology to where if the car breaks down with a computer chip that I have to figure out what the hell to do. I like my car a little bit older where it's not run on computer chips. Complete independence. I don't want to be completely dependent on a healthcare system where a doctor tells you you have to take medicine, you have to take a certain type of procedure, you have to do that, you have to do whatever, take this, take this prescription and go and get it refilled all the time. I don't want to do that. Complete independence. Independent thought, independent livelihood, independent actions. It's obviously a very, very difficult thing to do in today's society, but a lot of people are going that way. Now, uh, even preparation for emergencies, having food stashed away, having water stashed away, the power goes out. You know, there's a tornado. I live in Kansas, for crying out loud. A tornado comes and wipes things out. I have food. I have shelter. I have water. I can contain myself. I know how to start a fire. I know how to go and hunt. I know how to skin a deer. I know how to do these things. Complete independence. And a lot of people have realized, I think during COVID with the lockdowns over the last two years, you've gotten to that point as well. Now, there's a reason that I started it off with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert saying that socialists are running our government is because there is a crossroads right now, unfortunately, at such a wide divisive level that people are starting to have to make a difficult choice. And that is either an extreme one way of leave me alone, I don't want anything to do with you government entity, or I am completely dependent and I want you to run everything. And unfortunately, there's a larger growing population in the nation going down that road to where when we say there are socialists running our nation. 30 years ago, that would have scared 80% of the population and being, oh my gosh, you're right. There's socialists running it. This is really, really bad. Today, that scares about 40%. 45%. Because the rest of the nation's like, uh, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Socialism's not a bad thing. In fact, there are many crazy wackadoodles in this nation right now that say that we've never actually created a true socialist nation. And if we can just reinvent the wheel this time, it'll work. Because if we need we need pure socialism to work, all the other attempts throughout history have failed miserably because they weren't true socialist societies. And if we could just push the envelope further and just do it real this time, then it would really work. Again... The definition of stupidity, trying to do the same thing over and over again and thinking that you're going to get a different result. But that's the way socialists work right now. And more and more, unfortunately, in my generation and younger generations are starting to buy into that because there's been a war on language, for one, because you look at the definition in a Webster's Merriam Dictionary from 10 years ago and you look at uh, Wikipedia today, you get a totally different definition of what socialism actually is. So they buy into it. But while some are like, oh, great, I'm going to believe Fauci completely 100%, and I'm going to believe completely what the government tells me, and sure, I need social programs. Sure, I need a safety net. Sure, I need the government to take care of me. They go down this road on the left side of the fork of the road. While others have gotten so frustrated, so done with the lies, with the corruption, with the BS, that we've taken the other direction and say, I don't want anything to do with it. Leave me alone. I want complete independence. Not independence as a nation, independence as an individual. The way the nation was actually supposed to be. The government outside of like handling, making sure there are no monopolies in an industry, making sure that they're, you know, uh, uh, being able to regulate interstate commerce if there's trade going beyond states and dealing with foreign issues, leaving you the hell alone, not taxing you to death and letting you just live your life. And I think the majority of people are starting to realize that. And there's a few headlines that I want to talk about that reinforce that idea. I think technology, unfortunately, 
has done a lot of bad, but has also backfired to them and has done a lot of good on the road to independence. For example, Wall Street Journal today talks about how the healthcare industry is going to a quote-unquote do-it-yourself industry. Obviously, people are caring about COVID. They don't want to go to the doctor all the time, either because they're scared to go into a hospital or because they're tired of listening to doctors tell them they need a COVID-19 Omicron booster shot every six months to keep them from getting the sniffles from the Omicron variant. I love it. You hear all the headlines. Cases are up. Hospitalizations are up. Are deaths up? Well, no. So we're not going to report that. If deaths were up, you know that would be the major headline. People are dying from Omicron. But it's not. They're getting the sniffles because Omicron is no more than a cold. And as far as I'm aware, only one person in the nation has still died from the Omicron variant. And all the cases that we've had over the last two years, as more news continues to come out, show that you've had at least four comorbidities with individuals that were extremely sick, and that is 90% of the people that have actually died from COVID because they died with COVID in their system, not being the actual main factor of what's caused them to die. Now that we know this information, the Iron Grip government control is starting to lose power and starting to lose control over the masses because people want their own do-it-yourself health care. There are now apps out there where you can do things on your own. According to the Wall Street Journal, Dr. Wright, a DNP or doctor of nursing practice, is asking patients to monitor their own blood pressure with devices. They now have migraine apps where you can uh, call the migraine buddy where you can download an app and put in your systems in your phone to be able to get your own conclusion rather than running to a doctor and saying, I have a migraine. You can do it yourself. Here's some other headlines for you. While the government's trying to figure out how to handle all this, where right now we have gone backwards with COVID confusion from the White House, most people are coming up with ways to deal with their own health, which we've talked about here for the last year, trying to find natural ways to make yourself healthy so when you do get it, because you will get it, that you can fight it off as opposed to going to the hospital. We'll talk about those headlines when we come back. People finding independence, the cross in the road. The question is, what side are you going to? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss 
part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have to admit, there's some really cool changes when it comes to the healthcare industry as well. Instead of just relying on insurance, we're going to talk with Phil Kirpin, the president of American Commitment, here in a couple minutes at the bottom of the hour. Uh, and we've always loved chatting with him. He's a great uh, contributor here on the show to talk about. We're going to talk about drug prices, drug control prices. President Trump did a good job trying to keep pharmaceutical prices low. They skyrocketed again. Now Biden's going to do the same thing, act like it's his new deal, and then try to lower the prices again. So well done, Joe, trying to steal the or the Trump administration's plan and then pawn it off as your own because you're the great savior. So kudos to that one. But there's some really great trends that are starting in the healthcare industry, getting away from pharmaceuticals, getting away from the insurance industry, because again, it's about that independence. There's that crossroad. There are the Yahoo's trying to expand Medicare and Medicaid, wanting to expand the Obamacare government-controlled healthcare industry because they believe that healthcare is a right and therefore any type of program to help them with their own personal health outside of putting health in their, their own personal responsibility is guaranteed to them. They don't want to take care of their own health. They want the government to take care of their health for them. The other people, and I'm going more this way as well, along with you know uh, many other people that I'm aware, I have to admit, and don't laugh at me for this one, but for the first time this last year, I got really, really heavily involved uh, with my Hoosier Media Network and, and just working with people and just meeting people with this quote-unquote underground community of holistic people, holistic health, holistic healers, you know, the, the natural medicines, the herbs and the plants and everything else. And I laughed at first because I've I got to admit, and this was my own ignorance on this front, I was like, oh, damn hippies, you know, just stupid left-wing hippie crap, whatever. And it's not. Do you realize that people that really believe in the holistic medicine stuff, are really super conservative because they have hit this road of, I'm doing it myself. Why is government dependency on an insurance plan uh, the conservative stance when doing it yourself is not? Uh, now, obviously, you don't just completely get rid of the healthcare industry and completely get rid of you know scans or operations or anything. I have You don't do one or the other, but you take your health into your own hands to be as independent as possible. And then when you realize what's the stuff in your food and trying to eat cleaner and trying to eat healthier and actually trying to exercise and trying to actually just make yourself healthy, then you have less medical issues and you don't have to be the one relying on a Medicare or Medicaid expansion for the government to give you a slip saying that you have insurance to be able to go to an overcrowded doctor's office that doesn't like taking Medicare or Medicaid because they don't get uh, supplemented or reimbursed for the money that they really should be getting. And then they lower their quality because it's really running you through a laundry mill there trying to take care of you. Oh, you have a Here's a prescription. Here's some pain medicine. Get out of my sight. I'll see you next month for a refill. And not all doctors are like that by any means, but it's a it's moving that way really, really badly. So take matters into your own hands. There's apps to where you can monitor your health. There are ways that you can take care of your health. Uh, as many people have laughed, I went vegan for like a month. I'm terrible at it because I really enjoy my meat, but I lost a bunch of weight and I felt really good. Ate cleaner. It was awesome. 
A lot of people have talked about chronic illnesses by just eating clean or not eating fast food restaurants actually allowed you to really clean out diabetic issues, allowed you to clean out a lot of uh, health issues that doctors said, well, here's just a medication to manage it, not to cure it, but to manage it. People are taking it into their own hands as opposed to the others that are just like, oh, government's going to take care of it. We need government health care. Here's some headlines just to kind of reiterate this. Number one, uh, studyfinds.com or studyfinds.org. Regular exercise could be the key to children getting good grades in school. Shocker. You get the blood flowing. You get them exercising a little bit. They stimulate their brain. They think a little bit more. They can be do a little bit better in school. What do we do? When it gets rough, you get rid of the extracurriculars, you get rid of the uh, exercise, you get rid of the recesses, and then you just keep them locked into a school for eight hours a day in a classroom, and then you give them ADHD pills because they can't focus. What a shocker. I think there's an agenda-driven idea for the government there, right? Yeah. Here's another one for you. Exercise may protect your brain even if you have dementia. Exercise can help rid dementia. According to CNN Health, this is CNN here, getting rid of dementia, crazy mental issue. Exercise can solve that. Doing basic things. This isn't my push is to like do a New Year's resolution to lose weight or get in shape. This is the exercise of, hey, doing your own things and actually admitting personal responsibility for all the stuff, which I have to do as well, solves a lot of issues instead of just looking to the government and saying, hey, government, can you do something for me, please? I'm hurting here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. There we go. All right. That's enough of my nice little tirade on independence there. But I I seriously think there's a crossroads going on here. What side of the aisle are you on? And how do we start merging together again? How do we start finding some common ground with one that's like, I am completely a victim. I am completely helpless. I am completely vulnerable. I have no control of my life in any way, shape, or form. The government needs to take care of me. We need to expand Medicare and Medicaid. We need to expand Social Security. We need to expand all the uh, social safety nets, all the other garbage. The government has to take care of me. And the others, and this is even going towards like the preppers that I know a lot of people are listening as well, a lot of the preppers out there that are like, hey, I have food built up. I have ammunition built up. I have water built up. I have my medicines built up. I I live off the land. I, you know, grow my own foods. I do my, I, I work for myself. I'm my independent business owner, whatever. I have livestock. I have a garden. I do everything my own. Leave me the hell alone because I don't want anyone to be near me and I don't want the government to tell me what I have to do. 
There is a fork in the road, and we have so different diverse ideas right now, it's wild to watch. And right now we're seeing a 50-50 split on here. Unfortunately, there are more and more people that are buying the lies of dependency and going down that road on the left side of the fork. And it's unfortunate. I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about this as well as we uh, kind of talked about the healthcare industry and, and health independence with our next guest. Super excited to have this guy back on the program. What's trending today? So we've had him on many times before. He's the president of American Commitment as we talk about the economy, kind of the, uh, the supply chain issues along with uh, pharmaceutical and drug control prices. And can we th- get things back under control? Excited to have back on the program Phil Kirpin with us here. Phil, how are you, my friend? I am good, Andy. How are you? Hey, doing great. It's great to talk to you again. Happy New Year to you. It is a very interesting kickoff to the new year because right now we have, uh, it seems like a, a reemergence of 2021, doesn't it? COVID cases are back on the rise, supply chain issues of what they say. There's a pandemic of crazy COVID cases all over the place. We got to talk about locking things up and wearing masks and getting booster shots again. It's like we just are starting a repeat of 2021. Oh, everyone's favorite year. They want to replay it over again. How great is that? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Good golly. It's unfortunate. Now, uh, let's talk about drug control. We've spent the last couple uh, few minutes here on the program talking about uh, just this this fork that we're seeing in the nation with people either buying into we need more socialism, we need the government to take over things because I'm very vulnerable, I can't do it myself, and others like myself and so many others that are just like, leave me alone. I want to be independent with my job so I'm not dependent on a business. I want to be independent with my debt. I want to be independent with my health care. I want to be independent with my food supply. I just want to do my own thing and just leave me alone. There's such a crazy divide right now that it's bleeding into – uh, into the healthcare industry and into the economy right now. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've got, I think, um, you know, the defining economic issue right now, the one that's really hurting families uh, is rising prices. Yeah. There are a lot of things that feed into that. I mean, there's the traditional kind of inflationary pressure of all the money creation from the Federal Reserve, but, you know, that's in turn being driven by all of the federal spending, which is being financed through money creation at the Fed. We've got all of the anti-American energy policies, which are not just making you pay more at the pump, but also make everything grown, shipped, and manufactured more expensive, which is everything. And, um, and I, of course, the Democrats want to add kind of all of their business tax hikes that they're trying to get through if they can ever corral Joe Manchin. And, of course, that'll also be passed through into higher prices for everything. And so the biggest problem that Americans face economically is rising prices, but every element of the agenda of the party that controls the White House, the House, and the Senate makes that worse, not better. And so what? where do they turn? What do they do? Well, when you don't have real economic solutions, to the problem of rising prices, you go, unfortunately, for the political solution of just having government set prices through price controls and just order prices to be lower. And they're kind of talking about doing that now in a wide variety of areas with, you know, their their whole, uh, you know, their whole antitrust kick and bashing big oil and uh, bashing big meat and uh, saying that they're going to put price controls on prescription drugs, which is in the Build Back Better bill. And you know, they were, and they, they were, uh, I, I, there was just this thing in the other day in the Atlantic, mag, no, in, in New York Magazine, uh, just saying how wonderful rent control is and how rent control can solve all the problems of uh, housing getting more expensive and we should have a national rent control. And so I really think that the, uh, the template that they're looking at is Richard Nixon's price controls 
because even though it was an economic disaster, as price controls always are, because they either cause black markets or they cause uh, quality to decline or they cause outright shortages, usually all three. Uh, but, you know, what they're looking at, Andy, is, but you know what? Nixon got reelected. Right. You can survive politically if you use price controls to sort of hold inflationary pressures at bay and kind of postpone the pain, even though you make it worse. And so I kind of think that's where they're headed on all of these. It's kind of the bubble they're creating to temporarily say they're doing something, but then eventually the bubble has to burst because the government can't control these uh, these private sector industries. I mean, but President Trump did the same thing as well, didn't he? I mean, he did a, a quote-unquote attack on the pharmaceutical industry. He tried to lower prices uh, by putting some caps on things, and you can't charge more than what you are by certain other countries. And he did this, and it worked out decently. Where did those go, and why are we now having drug price control issues again? Well, you know, the, the centerpiece of what Trump tried to do um, has now been repealed. And that was an idea which, which I actually thought was a pretty good idea to get rid of the exemption that the pharmacy middlemen have from the Federal Anti-Kickback Act. Yeah. Uh, the way it works right now, there, you, Medicare Part D, the prescription drug program, is basically the only government program where you can go to your supplier, in this case the drug manufacturers, you can say, raise a higher price, jack the price up. And then I'll pass that on in my co-pays. But you give me a big rebate, and I, you know, I don't have to pass that on. I could pocket that and use it for profits. And uh, that's like the only government program that can do that because they have this exemption from the Anti-Kickback Act. And one of the things Trump wanted to do was say, hey, you know, the co-pays have got to be based on the real price. If there's a discount or a rebate involved, you've got to pass that on to seniors at the point of sale. Um, they, they, they've repealed that, and in fact, uh, they, you know, that's. Uh, you know, the, the drug middlemen have a, a lot of influence on both sides of the aisle. And uh, you know, Trump being willing to take them on, um, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a durable victory. Right. Uh, but he also had other things like the one you mentioned where we index our prices to foreign prices. That idea I did not like because foreign prices are generally government set prices and they mostly get a free ride on Americans because we're paying the cost of developing new drugs, which cost billions of dollars. And uh, they're getting a free ride by paying much lower government set prices. And what we should be doing is breaking foreign price controls. We should be saying, like, as one of our number one asks when we do these trade deals, right. you know, you've got to pay part of the cost. You pay more, we'll pay less, we'll meet in the middle, we'll get more drugs or just as many. But as long as they're getting a free ride, it's not really much of a solution for us to say, well, we'll do it too, because then there's nobody left to get a free ride off of. And you just, you don't get the investment and the new drugs don't get developed. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Now that the government's had their greedy hands in the healthcare industry and pharmaceutical industry for so long, I mean, the sixth of the U.S. economy was healthcare. They took it over with Obamacare. The Republicans didn't repeal it when they had the opportunity to do so. They stopped it. And now we have this government-run healthcare industry. There are so many people now that are looking for alternatives, whether it's, you know, uh, there's actually a, a, a medical shop in a family practice here in the Wichita area where I'm at, one of the first in the nation that was on Sean Hannity and other places talking about a membership driven instead of accepting insurance. There's people that are going holistic and not looking at health insurance or health medical issues at all in any way, shape or form. Regardless, uh, they've screwed it up so badly. Is there a way to salvage the healthcare industry to get the government out of it? Which I know you try and create a government program, you're never going to get rid of it. But can we salvage the healthcare industry in some way, shape, or form to make it viable to where people can get back into it and not have the government try to regulate this to a crazy degree to where we have to have the government dictate on what the prices are going to be up or down? You know, I hope so. I mean, I, I certainly would like to see us move in that direction. And uh, I think it's 
I, I think it's possible. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a huge change. Yeah. And it's a huge change that involves uh, an awful lot of entrenched special interest. And one of the reasons it's so difficult to get anything done in healthcare is everything becomes a corporate lobbying food fight between mostly between the insurance companies and the drug companies and also the pharmacy middlemen. And, you know, if, if we were really serious about this, and, you know, I, God, I hope Republicans are if they come back into power, you know, the, the way you make drugs less expensive is for consumers, number one, is you make them less expensive to actually develop and bring to market in the first place. It shouldn't cost $2.5 billion to develop a new drug and bring it to market. I think if we've learned anything over the last two years, it's that the FDA is pretty incompetent. Sure. And, uh, you know, we could streamline, gut that whole bureaucracy, make it much less expensive and difficult to bring new drugs to market. And then you kind of, you know, when there's when, when it's cheaper to develop and bring to market, then you can get rid of a lot of the corporate rent-seeking as well and kind of have more of a functioning market uh, without everyone trying to push their costs onto someone else, and and you know maybe you can rationalize these things, but um, the trade the trade piece of it has got to be very important because we can't continue to let foreign countries get a free ride off of all the drugs that we develop, and um, like I said, that regulatory piece, the cost, so many of the costs are driven by that, and you know if we don't deal with those things, um, yeah, it's going to continue to be a huge problem for Republicans because Republicans don't have easy answers the way Democrats do. You know, Republicans want to actually, like, figure out a market-oriented way to get a functioning system that doesn't have bureaucrats and politicians and whoever figured to just ordering prices. And Democrats just say, yeah, oh, we'll just have the government set the price. Right. And, you know, whatever. Don't worry about it. You know, whatever happens, uh, you know, we'll blame someone else. I mean, this is the – they have the simple answers, but they're the wrong ones. Yeah, they definitely like to simplify things, and it's it, it really plays well for a, a group of voters that don't like to look deeper into the issues. Like, oh, that sounds great. They're just going to lower prices, and everything makes it all simple and easy. When we try to look into the weeds, it makes things complicated, and it makes it very difficult to try and lay out a solid plan to actually fix issues. We're talking to Phil Kirpin, uh, president of American Commitment. Phil, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. When we come back, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the supply chain issues, the economy, where we're at right now, the labor shortage that's going on. And now with the increase of very scary, terrifying paranoia, Omicron variants and things starting to shut down again, what we could look at economically going into the next few months here in the U.S. We'll do that when we come back. It's Phil Kirpin, American Commitment. You can find them online. AmericanCommitment.org is their website. Check out all the goodies that they have. We'll continue this when we come back here on The Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Well, i got to say the day has flown right on by. Last segment here, last couple minutes of the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Hanging out with Phil Kirpin, the man himself, president of American Commitment. You can find him online, AmericanCommitment.org, as we talk about drug prices, the economy, government takeover of these industries. How do we get it back? What do we do to fight some of this garbage? It's unfortunate. And once you allow the government to have any bit of control, you give them an inch, they take two miles, and you'll never get it back. That's why right now we're seeing, what, the expansion of OSHA with these vaccine mandates. We're seeing the expansion of the IRS trying to (laughs) check out everybody that, you know, took out PPP loans to the government, everybody that apparently wants to have transactions in their account of like $600 or more. Why not? Let's just regulate that. We'll just do an audit and make sure that, you know, you're paying your car, your mortgage payment. Oh, we need to make sure that that's legitimate more government control telling you there are more people that are just like i'm done i just want to do my own thing leave me alone phil let's talk about the economy for a second i saw a headline now again the politics of fear they do very very well at this when it comes to uh just the paranoia the the fear-based politics and the the panic buying we saw the panic buying during the holidays and then they turned around and said well look at that people actually bought a lot of stuff because you said that if we didn't buy it at a certain time, it would be gone because of the issues in the supply chain right now. Now we're seeing it again. Headlines of grocery store shelves being empty. The supply chain issues uh, happening to an extreme to where you can't get groceries. Starting the panic buying again because of COVID issues, because of the labor shortage, people just quitting their jobs, because of people not wanting to work the uh, the minimum wage jobs or the the shelves and the stockers and the baggers and everything else because, well, now we're in an economy where you have more opportunity. What the heck? Is it true with what they're saying here? Or is it, again, just more of the fear and the hype and the, and the control of trying to get people to drive to the stores? Well, I mean, I think it's a mixture. I think that uh, the COVID fears are extremely overblown. Uh, the Omicron variant is by far the mildest that we've seen so far. And uh, does not justify any kind of fear. And the crazy hospital headlines we're seeing are extremely deceptive because every time I look up a state, you see a big increase in COVID patients, but you see no increase at all in overall patients, which yeah. tells you that uh, whatever's happening has more to do with you know definitions and incidentals and whatever, and uh, it has very little to do with genuine overloading. But, you know, when people panic, um, 
these problems sort of become self-fulfilling, and uh, people are buying more than they usually do. That causes shortages. Other people panic more. They freak out, uh, and you get sort of a psychology of panic and a run on things. And uh, oh, I ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, and you know that Andy, that comes of course on top of the labor shortage, which is very real and has been for a long time. And you know, really for the last year or two, everywhere you go has got to help one and sign. Uh, for a while, we were paying people a lot more not to work than to work. That's mostly ended, but of course. You know, Biden and the Democrats want to kind of revive all of that. And they've got all kinds of new welfare programs they're trying to pass. And uh, they, of course, want to keep those uh, child credit advanceable checks flowing every month. That's a big question whether that'll happen or not right now. And so, you know, I think we've got, again, to the point you were making, we've got a very basic kind of clash of philosophies right now. Uh, do we want to say, you know, we will have government programs to help you when you need it, but you're going to have to be, you're going to have to work or be looking for work, and uh, you're going to have to, uh, you know, kind of pull your own weight? Or do we want to kind of go the way the Democrats have been leaning and just say, you know, free money checks for everyone, and it's going to be massively inflationary, and it's going to make the labor shortages worse. But, you know, if we keep mailing out checks to everyone, they'll keep voting for us. I mean, yeah. I think that's their strategy right now. That is very true. We got just about a minute left here, but I wanted to ask you about that with that child tax credit. I mean, the the beginning of universal basic income. And I say that because there were people that were getting that check from the child tax credit that didn't qualify for the actual child tax credit on their taxes because they weren't getting enough money. They were just getting a check in the mail. So it's not a tax credit. It was the beginning of a universal basic income. Uh, do you think that they're going to pass it again? I mean, we went six months with getting a government check, and people were getting a thousand dollars, you know, a month from the government. They became dependent on that. They're going to lose their minds when they don't get a check on the fifteenth. Is that going to come back? Do you think? Well, it's going to be. Um, you know, the Democrats, I think, made a big mistake by making that part of their massive Build Back Better bill with all the other crazy stuff that was in there, and they thought they could, you know, basically bludgeon. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema and any other wavering Democrats that were hiding behind them and to just going along with all of it. And now they're in this situation where sort of their political centerpiece uh, doesn't have a vehicle, yeah. <laughs> doesn't have anything to hit your ride on. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to work out. It's going to be interesting to see. I know that was kind of the staple for the end of the year for the Biden administration to say that was part of their legacy, and I can't see them giving up on that one, so I'm sure they'll try it a different way. I've heard that they've, they're talking about another maybe COVID stimulus check to try to include it in that way. as a saying, well, it's, the it's COVID, COVID money hasn't even been spent from the last one yet. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they're in such a mess. Phil Kirpin, president of American Commitment, AmericanCommitment.org. Phil, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Happy New Year. Let's do it again real soon. Same to you. Have a good one. Hey, you as well. Always a pleasure there. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.